Father, we thank you for your word. Lord God, we just pray, Father, right now. God, as you just bless our time together. Father, we just pray, Lord, that people leave different than when they came. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm chapter 34, starting at verse 1. I want you to check this out. Look what he said. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. You see that? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually, we talked about this last week, where his praise shall continually, all the time, be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Do you see that? The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Listen to this. This is very important. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. This is powerful right here, verse 4. Listen to this. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from what? All my fears. All my fears. He delivered me from all my fears. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Can I tell you something? That when you begin to magnify God and when you begin to praise God, he says he will deliver you. And I love, come on somebody, I love what it says that he delivered me from. I love what he said, what he delivered me from. All my fears. All my fears. Come on, y'all. And so many people are bound by fear. And I want everybody to just look at me real quick. Just look at me this morning. I want you to know that I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm preaching to all of you. Come on. Everybody who's bound by fear, clap. I see that. I'm preaching to all of you, but I'm telling you right now that if you are bound up by fear, and if there is something going on in your life, I'm preaching to you today. Amen? I want you to understand this. I want you to get a hold of this. Everybody say, get my life right. Amen. It starts with number one. If you're taking notes, write this down. It starts with number one. Very first thing, the right atmosphere. The right atmosphere. Get your life right. Starts with the right atmosphere. What do you mean, the right atmosphere? In your life, you create the atmosphere. Come on, y'all. You know what I'm talking about. you got to have the right atmosphere. Have you ever walked into a room and not a word is said? And you walk in a room and somebody's sad and you can feel the sadness on you? You can feel the heaviness in the room? Have you ever walked in a room when I walk home, go, go walk in my house from work and my wife's mad? You can feel the anger in the room? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Not even a word is said. I walk in and Tara just looks at me. And I'm like, I'm gone. See, I got to go. I'm just kidding. I love you. I'm, I'm picking on you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You walk into a room. You set the atmosphere of the room. If you walk in and somebody is sad, somebody's frightened, somebody's angry, somebody, you don't even got to speak a word. You can feel it because they project it out of their spirit. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. That's what happens. You walk in. If they, listen, like if, if somebody's upset. It's just that spirit that they possess. Listen, if somebody's afraid, creates that atmosphere. And can I tell you something? The way that you get God's favor in your life is our God is a God who responds to atmosphere. Amen? Come on, you got to get this, guys. And what atmosphere is it that he responds to? He responds to an atmosphere of thanksgiving. He responds to an atmosphere of praise. He responds to an atmosphere of gratitude. Amen? The Bible says when our praises go up, his presence comes down. That's the atmosphere that he responds to. Are y'all, y'all following me? Y'all got to wake up a little bit this morning. All right. There's an amazing story. Listen to this in the Old Testament. King Saul would be diagnosed today as a manic depressive. Amen? King Saul would be diagnosed as a manic depressive today. He had fits. He had times of darkness and depression. He had times when, when the Spirit of God would leave him. He had times when all this stuff would come on him, and he would just completely go out of his mind. Right? The Bible says that when the evil spirits of depression troubled him, 
and all the evil spirits came on him, he would go into this dark place of his life, and he'd done something very strange. Listen to this in 1 Samuel 16, 23. And so it was, and so it was, when the Spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take out a harp and he would play it with his hand. Amen? So he would pull, out, here's what would happen. Here's what would happen. He would play it with him. Then Saul would become refreshed. Do you see this? And the distressing spirit would depart from him. So when Saul would get in these dark places, he would go into it and he would have them. He would call for David. David was a praiser, guys. David was a worshiper. He would call for David and he would begin to fill that palace with praise. Amen. He would begin to fill that palace with praise. And, and as David would play his music while that king was sitting in his throne in depression and, and, and anxiety and, and the demonic oppression and, and everything that was going on with Saul, hopelessness, the sorrow of life. As David would play your Bible, says that the evil spirits would depart from him. Amen. As he's filling this palace with praise. Because you've got to have the right atmosphere. And he's filling this palace with praise. And he would, Saul would come back to a place of peace again. He would come back to a place of sanity. He would come back to, 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 this, to this atmosphere of praise. Amen. And David would change the whole atmosphere of that palace. That story is in your Bible, guys. Do you hear me? That story is in your Bible. It says that we can change the atmosphere even when things aren't changing yet. Even when things that you're praying about hasn't changed yet. Even things that you're hoping for and believing for. Your Bible says you can change the entire atmosphere of the room that you're in. Whether anything's changing yet or not in your life, you got to catch that. Whether anything's changing yet in your life or not, maybe you're in a bad spot. And nothing's changing for you, but you got to change the atmosphere. Amen. You can control the atmosphere of your life through praise. You can control the atmosphere of your life through praise. Amen. When you understand that, you got to ask the question, what is the atmosphere of your life? What is the atmosphere of your life? What kind of people do you have around you? Come on, somebody. What kind of people do you have around you? Do you know what? That, 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 that creates the atmosphere of your life. Young people, you better listen to me. The people you have around you creates the atmosphere of your life. Are they negative? Are they positive? Are they faith-filled? Are they fear-filled? What's going on with the people that are around your life? Because the people that are in your life will create the atmosphere of your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you better get a hold of this. The people in your life will create the atmosphere of your life. It's so important. Not only that, what are you listening to? Whoo, you better. What are you listening to? What kinds of things do you fill your mind with? What is going in? It creates the atmosphere. And God is either drawn to the atmosphere or God withdraws from the atmosphere. Amen? So whatever atmosphere you're creating, you, God is going to either be drawn to it or he's going to withdraw from it. Y'all following me this morning? Are y'all awake this morning? Hallelujah! Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, what kind of atmosphere are you creating? He's looking for an atmosphere of gratitude. He's looking for an atmosphere of praise. He's looking for an atmosphere of thanksgiving. Come on, y'all. Then if you want to see something else, the next thing right here, you got to have this, the right energy source. Amen. Thank you for that one yay. I appreciate that. Somebody's going to walk out of here a different person. The rest of y'all, the rest of y'all, we'll see you next week. Listen, you got to have the right energy source. Y'all with me on that? If you're, if you're fighting the flesh, issues that you're dealing with in the flesh, if you're fighting them with the flesh, you're going to lose. 
you're going to lose. When you've got problems and you've got challenges in your life and there are things that are coming against you, you've got addictions. You've got things that you're trying to fight flesh with the flesh. You can't fight flesh with the flesh because your flesh is the flesh and you're going to lose every time. Amen. You can't fight flesh with the flesh. You don't fight in the flesh. You have to have a supernatural energy source, and the supernatural energy source of the believer is the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling y'all. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The supernatural energy source of every believer. That's why the Bible talks about praying in an unknown tongue. When you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in the language that God gives you. Listen, and I want to tell you this before you dismiss me. And before you say, I don't believe it, then you don't believe part of this book. Thank you. Now I'm going to preach to this side because y'all are lame over here. Again, if you dismiss what I'm fixing to tell you, I'm not here to preach bad doctrine to you or tell you anything silly. Then you don't believe part of this Bible. And that's what I'll tell you. Then you don't believe part of this Bible. The Bible talks about it. Amen? And again, before you dismiss me, well, I don't believe that stuff. Nah, I don't do that. Because the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14 too. Look at it. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Do you see that? We bypass your opinion. We bypass your neighbor's opinion. We bypass man's opinion. We bypass every other opinion that don't mean nothing. And you go straight to God. You go straight to God. I don't want to hear what you got to say. You bypass every opinion that means squat, and you go right to the one. He says, we don't even pray. We don't even speak to men, but to God. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm telling y'all, listen to me. We bypass the natural mind. And when you pray in the Spirit, you go straight to God. The Apostle Paul said this. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God. I speak in tongues more than you all. And then it goes on to say, but yet when I do, I don't stand up in the auditorium and confuse people and make it weird. He said, but in my prayer life, come on somebody, the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, in my prayer life, the apostle said, the apostle Paul said, I pray in the Spirit. He said, I pray in, the, in an unknown tongue. Look at 1439, 1 Corinthians 1439. Look at this. And this is what he said. And do not forbid. What's it say? Can y'all see this? And do not forbid to speak in tongues. That's what it says. That's what your Bible says. And do not forbid to speak in tongues. But religion is going to tell you this. Oh, well, that's not for you today. Oh, yeah, it happened in the upper room. Oh, yeah, it's spoken of in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10. It's spoken of in Acts chapter 19. Oh, it's spoken of in Corinthians 14. It's spoken. But that's not for you today. That's what religion will tell you. That's what religion will tell you. I'm telling y'all right now, y'all need the Holy Spirit in your upper room a little bit too. This morning, y'all need to get some spirit. You need to get some spirit in your upper room. Woo, you better get a, I'm telling y'all, I'd rather believe what God says. Amen. Amen. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, listen, when you pray in an unknown tongue, I want you to understand this. That is the believer's energy source. You got to get this. Look at this. Look at this. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible put it like this in Isaiah 28. Look at this right here. You got to see it. With stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Watch this. Look at the next verse. To whom he said, this is the rest with which the weary will have rest. And it's a refreshing. It's a refreshing to my soul. He said, it's a refreshing, it's an energy source. He said, when I do this, I get rest because I'm weary. And it's a refreshing. Keep going. Is it on there? Keep going. And this is the refreshing 
that they want you to know about. It's a refreshing to your soul, he says, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue. He said it's a refreshing. It's an energy source. Can I tell you? That's where you get your strength from. And I want you to understand this. The Holy Spirit, come on, y'all. You acted like you wanted to clap, and you almost started clapping. The Holy Spirit is a person. It has a mind to think. It has a mouth to speak. Come on, y'all. And Romans 8, 26 says this right here. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. The Holy Spirit has a mind. The Holy Spirit has a mouth. And here it says, right, we, that we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Keep going. But the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit himself makes intercessions through us. Praying through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit wants to pray through you. And he wants to pray the perfect will of God through you. He wants to bypass any human understanding. And when you pray that perfect will of God, he hears you. Amen. I'm telling you. Well, how do you do that? You get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, America needs to get filled with the Holy Spirit, y'all. Woo! America needs to get filled with the Holy Spirit because it makes you love everybody. There would be no race issues in this country if everybody was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We would love one another. We would be for one another. We would encourage one another. There's too much hate. There's too much flesh in this world. We need the power of the Holy Spirit back in our lives again. Hallelujah. Amen. He's our energy source. Do you know how we defeated the Japanese during World War II after the bombing of Pearl Harbor? One of the things that we did to win that war is the Japanese, you know, the Japanese were intercepting messages. Some of y'all may know what I'm talking about. They were intercepting the messages and the orders that were being sent to the soldiers from platoon to platoon to platoon and all this stuff. And they would hear our plans, and then they would keep defeating us on the battlefield. That's what would happen. And they'd hear them until we went to the Navajo Nation. Amen. And this is the truth. We went to the Navajo Nation, and we got some Navajo Indians who had a language that had only been taught, talked, uh, uh, spoken by these people. They went to the Navajo Nation, and, and the Navajo Indians had a language that only they knew, that was passed down from generations to generations to generations on the reservations, and they were the only ones that knew the language. They were the only ones that could understand it. And we gave them walkie-talkies. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm telling y'all the truth. We gave them a walkie-talkie. They were called code talkers. Some people called them wind talkers um, is what they were called. And, and, and they, would, they, would, they would talk in Navajo, and these Japanese interpreters couldn't understand what they were saying. And, and they could understand English, and they were uh, interpreting our plans and, and all this stuff. And so, so the Navajo would would be given orders to these, and I think there was only like 17 of them in the entire army. Okay, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. There was only like 17 of them in the entire army, but all the orders for the United States military's efforts in World War was, was, was translated through the Navajo language. Amen? The Japanese couldn't understand it. What I'm trying to say to y'all this morning is we don't have to play fair with the devil. Amen? You start praying in an unknown tongue. Oh, come on, y'all. You can go straight to the throne room. You don't have to play fair with the devil anymore. Some of you may be new to this church, and I'm probably blowing y'all's mind right now, but we are not ashamed of the power of the Holy Spirit at Restoration Church this morning. Woo! It will change your life. The power of the Holy Spirit will change your life. 
It'll make a weak man strong. It'll make a person who's bound and addicted free. Come on, y'all. I don't care. You will love God with more passion. You will love people with more passion. The power of the Holy Spirit will change your life. And you don't have to just grow cold after you're saved. Huh? Come on, y'all. You don't have to just grow cold after you're saved. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. You'll have the energy source. Turn to somebody and say, the Holy Ghost is my source. No, no, no. Y'all got to do it for real. Turn to somebody and say, the Holy Ghost is my source. I'm trying to stay calm this morning. I'm trying to stay calm this morning. But I'm preaching to you. And I'm here to tell you right now, nah, well, I just don't believe in that stuff when I'm just getting colder and colder. Well, that's why you're getting colder and colder. It's because you don't believe in this stuff. Yeah, I better calm down. Don't kick me out of here. That's why you grow colder and colder. Because some of y'all don't believe in it. Nah, I don't believe in That's weird. That's the, get, you, get in the upper room, I'm telling you. The right atmosphere is praise. The right atmosphere is praise. The right energy source is connecting to the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, listen, you have to have the right information. You have to have the right information. Amen? You can't listen to garbage and see a rose garden. You can't listen to garbage and see a rose garden. Amen? What you take in determines what you see. If you get bad information, frightening information, scary information, you're going to live in a world of fear. You're going to live in a world of whatever information it is that you're taking in. Turn the news off for a little while. Good Lord. You hear me? Whatever it is you're taking in, you're going to, you're going to live in a world of fear and hopelessness. And it's all connected to what you're taking in. Amen. Amen. Even while I'm preaching right now, what are you taking in? Are you taking in the distractions all around you? Or are you taking in the truth of God's word? What are you doing right now? Right now, you're probably looking around. And, mm, man, my stomach's growling. It's in nothing. Some sausage balls Monica made was good. No, for real. What are you taking in right now? Are you getting the right information? You taking in God's word? Look at Jeremiah 15, 16. You got to see this. Never mind. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, is it coming? Ain't got time to wait on them. We just give them all the praise this morning, too. They're doing a great job. Jeremiah 15, 16, listen to this, the right information. He says, your words were found, and I ate them. He said, I took them in. I took them in. I took them in. Your words were found and I ate them. It's not enough just to hear it. Some of y'all are hearing it out here. Did we find it? Some of y'all are hearing it out here, but you're not taking it in your life. I'm telling you. Look what he said. Your words were found and I ate them. He said, I found your words and I ate them. He said, I took it in. Everything that you were saying. Come on, y'all. It changed your life. Amen. See, some of you hear it, but you're not taking it in. You start getting the right information in you. Amen. What does, what does the Lord say about your situation is what matters. That's what matters. What does the Lord say about your family? What does the Lord say about your future? What does the Lord say about your finances? What does God say about your marriage? What is he saying about your freedom? It doesn't matter what circumstances say. It doesn't matter what other people say. I'm telling you, what does God say about your circumstances? What does he say? There's a story in the Old Testament book of Judges, and we've talked about this a few times, but it's about a man named Gideon. The Midianites had took over the nation of Israel, and Gideon was hiding in a cave. He was scared. Look at this. And God sent an angel. Look at Judges 6 right here. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty Man of valor. Listen to this. He didn't feel like a mighty man of valor. He didn't feel like a mighty man of valor. He felt like a wimp. He felt like a little weakling. But God said, you're no wimp, you're a winner. 
You're not a weakling. You're my man. You're the man of valor, Gideon. You're my man. What was God doing? God was putting the right information in him. God was putting the right information in him. Gideon didn't see himself as a warrior. Hey, come on, y'all. God was putting the right information in him. God wanted him to be aware of more than just his fear. He wanted him to be aware of more than just his fear and his overwhelming circumstances. He wanted him to get a new picture of himself in victory. Amen? He's speaking the right information into Gideon. God doesn't call you like you are. He calls you like you're going to be. Y'all missed that one over here again. I'm done with y'all. God does not call you like you are. He calls you like you're going to be. He did not call Gideon the little wimp. He says, you are a mighty man of valor. That's why when you start taking in the right information, amen, when you start taking in the right information, what is God saying? Many times, I'm going to tell you this right here, will speak completely opposite to what you're feeling and what you're going through. Come on, somebody. Many times, this right here will speak the opposite of what you're experiencing. But God, what he's doing is beginning to get you to understand that it's not, listen, it's not about what you are. It's about where you're going. Do you understand that? See, God is beginning to tell you, you read this book like I'm depressed, I'm, I'm down, I'm broken. God, it's not about where you are. God is telling you where you're going. He doesn't announce just where you are today, but he simply declares where you're going to be tomorrow through his strength. Amen. I'm so done with y'all over here. God does, not God does not announce where you are today, but he declares where you will be tomorrow through his strength. That's better. Don't make me walk over there again. I'm just laughing. He declares where you're going to be tomorrow. Instantly. Listen to this, guys. Instantly, Gideon began to manifest his inferiority. You hear me? He began to manifest that. And when God said, you're my called man, Gideon, you're the one I'm going to use. You're my mighty man of valor. He began to say, oh, no, God, you picked the wrong person. You're going to start a church, Jamie. Oh, no. Uh-uh. You picked the wrong person. He began to tell God, I'm not the one. He began to tell God, you got the wrong guy. I came from the smallest tribe. I'm nobody. I'm poor. I don't have this. And he raised all these issues to God. And God told him, listen. God said, my way of giving you victory, Gideon, is to get a new picture in your mind. He said, I want you to go down to the enemy's camp, and I want you to see how they see you. And then I want you to see how I see you. Amen? He said, I want you to go down to the enemy's camp. Get a picture in your mind of how the enemy sees you. And then I want you to get a picture in your mind of how I see you. And then let it change how you see you. Amen? So when you get the right information, you get a picture in your mind. The Spirit's way to victory is to give you a picture of yourself, not as you see yourself, but as God sees you. Amen. God does not see you defeated. God does not see you bound up. God does not see you poor and broke. God does not see you walked on and kicked by life. God sees you as the head and not the tail. God sees you as above and not beneath. God sees you as blessed and highly favored. He does not see you as defeated. You need to get the right information and a new picture of who you are. Amen. He's got to get that picture in you. And you got to get the right information in you. Amen. You got to get the right information. And that's why it's so important that you're listening to me right now. Because as I preach, God will give you flashes of your future. I'm telling you, you'll see it. God will give you flashes of your future. It's important. Get the right information. Change the information that you're taking in. Change the information that you're taking in. 
get the right information in you. Amen. Come on, y'all. Next, you got to do this. You got to get in the right location. You got to get in the right location. I said, next, you got to do this. Everybody wipe your face off. Listen, you got to get in the right location. Do you understand that? You got to have the right atmosphere, the right energy source, the right information, and the right location. That's what you got to have. You got to have the right location. 1 Kings 17, look at this. They were, they were in a famine in Israel, and they didn't know what they were going to do. They were starving. They were all going to die. They're in a famine. God told the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 17, 4, look at this. He says, it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you. But then the brook dried up. But then the brook dried up, right? And then God said this in 1 Kings 17, 9. He said, arise, Elijah, go to Zarephath, right here, come on. He says, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, dwell there. He said, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. The blessing was connected, come on, y'all, the blessing was connected to a location. Are y'all following me? The blessing was connected to a location. When God tells you to go there and you stay there, the blessing is going to go on without you. You got to catch. You got to understand this. You don't listen to man when man tells you to move, but when God tells you to move over here and you stay here, the blessing is going to go. The blessing's going to pass you by. I'm telling you right now, oh, the blessing moves. You're going to be on your own. Listen, God will dry up the brook. God will dry up the brook to bring you back to your source. Do you understand that? God will dry up the brook in your life to bring you back to the source. Do y'all have any clue what the source is? Come on, somebody. Instead of trusting in God, right, because God is our source. God will dry up your brook. Elijah had the birds feeding him, had the water there, and you know what God did? He dried that up to bring him back to the source because God is our source. And you got to keep moving when God says move. Amen. When he says change locations. And I'm not just talking about geographically. I'm talking about spiritually. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. I'm not just talking about geographically. I'm talking about changing locations spiritually. Amen. God is saying to you this morning, many of you, that it's time for you to move to a new place. It's time for you to move to a new place. That's why he's put you in our church. Come on, somebody. You've got to do better on this side. That's why he's put you in our church. It's because he's saying, you know, okay. He said, listen, this is what I got to tell you. There's an interesting story. When Elisha wanted a double portion. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Elisha says, I want a double portion, Elijah, from you. Amen? Do you know what Elijah told him? He said, if you're with me in the right place at the right time, when God calls me up, God called Elijah, he didn't die. He called him up on the chariot of fire, took him to heaven. He said, if you're with me in the right place, listen, y'all, at the right time, when I'm taken up, he says, then you'll have it. He says, then you'll have it. You got to understand this, guys. Listen. And then Elisha did something very important. He went and broke the plow. Do you understand what that means? If you're with me at the right location, at the right time, at the right place, when I go up, you will have a double portion on you. And then he went back and broke the plow. The plow represented his security. The plow represented the system that had fed his family. He was a farmer in an agricultural area, and the plow represented his stability. The plow was everything to him, but he broke the plow. Amen. And God is saying to you right now, if you want a double portion, it begins with breaking the plow of your old life. you got to get this, guys. you got to break the plow. I don't want you leaning on what I used to do. God said, I don't want you leaning on my old provisions. 
Come on, I want you leaning on the plow yesterday. If you want a double portion, you got to go back and break the plow. Sometimes denominations, sometimes the way we're raised, sometimes those things can be the old plow that we need to break. Amen. Some of these things in our life, and we say, well, that was good for then. But that ain't good for now. I honor what that did in my life. But I got to break that old plow. I got to break that old plow, y'all. Come on. I'm not stopping here. I'm not living at the old plow of yesterday and what used to be and all the things. You got to get in the right location and break the plow. Maybe God has you at a church like this right here where he can take you where you've never been spiritually before. Amen. He might have you in a place like this right here so you can go where you've never been spiritually before in your life. You never know. Thank you for that arousing applause, Mr. Carter. <laughs> Woo. Why don't you make up your mind to break the old plow? Why don't you make up your mind to break the old plow? Will you make up your mind to break the old plow? Come on, somebody praise God right now if you're tired of living in yesterday's blessings. I'm tired of living in yesterday's blessings. Yesterday's experience and way back when, yeah, when things were good, when life was good, when God really touched me. Why don't you break the plow and say, I'm moving on, God. I'm going to higher places. You got to break the plow. You got to break the plow. Woo, I'm ready for a new location. Can I give you two more? I'm almost done. Can I give you a couple more? Y'all ready? Everybody's rear end okay? I know it's bleachers. Y'all ready for a couple more? <laughs> yeah, you got to have the right people. 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 I said I'm sick of y'all over here this morning. You got to have the right people in your life if you want to go somewhere new that God's taking you. You ain't going to get up here. Listen, you can't soar with the eagles if you're walking around with a bunch of turkeys. I'm just telling y'all right now, you can't do it. You got to get the right people. You got to get the right people. Got to have the right people. Listen, people who are right in your life. People who are honest with you. Amen? People who are honest with you, they don't just tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you're supposed to hear. Woo! You better get the right people in your life. What you need to hear. Look at Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Come on, y'all. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. How many of you got a good friend? Huh? How many of y'all got a good faithful friend in your life? Amen. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. It means that they will confront you. It means that they're, can I tell you something? Get the right people in your life. Everybody who comes into your life brings a spirit. Do you know that? Amen. Do y'all follow me? Everybody that comes into your life brings a spirit. Okay? You got to catch this right here. You got to catch it. Sometimes we want people in our life that we can really relate to, okay? We want people in our life that we can really relate to. Listen to this. But the problem with that is, like, if you have certain spirits or weaknesses in your life that you're prone to, you're going to attract those kind of spirits. You understand what I'm saying? Birds of a feather flock together. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you have this, these things that you're struggling with, and you need to get, listen, listen. I want, I want you to say, you have things that you're susceptible to, and the next thing you know, you got these people that come into your life that are struggling with the same thing you're struggling with, and that feels really good at first. But then what you finally realize is that you just multiplied your problems times two. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. It feels really good at first. To hang out with somebody that's doing this, that we have the same. But then you realize all you did was just multiplied your problems by two. 
But when you really want God's blessing, can I tell you if you are struggling in an area of your life, you don't need to be around somebody who's struggling with that same thing. You need to be around somebody who's strong in that area. You need to be around somebody who can lift you up out of that area. You don't need to get down in the miry clay with them. Come on, y'all. You need to get around somebody who's strong in that area that you're weak in. You need to get around somebody who knows how to go where you're headed to. Amen. Some of you don't have God's favor. Some of you don't have God's blessing on your life because you're around the wrong people. You're around the wrong people. And you don't want to get with the right people because you just keep hanging out with the wrong folks. Come on, y'all. But if you get around the right people, God's presence, I'm telling y'all, is going to come back into your life. What I say, he'll, he's attracted to some things and he withdraws from other things. Why are they so blessed and why am I not? Because you're hanging out with the wrong folks. Hanging out with the wrong folks, you got to have the right people and then you got to have the right focus. You got to have the right focus. The Bible says when Job was going through his trial, the battle turned. The battle turned. Look at Job right here, 4210. Listen to what happened. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. I've had it with y'all over here. I know there's a lot going on and people walking in and out. Y'all ain't paying no attention. The Lord restored Job when what? He started praying for his friends. When the focus got off of him, when he stopped worrying about his problems, and when he stopped worrying about his hurts, and when he stopped worrying about his bad days, and when he stopped worrying about all the things that was going on for him, it says the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. The focus came off of his sorrow, off of his hurt. He focused on others, and the moment he focused on others, watch this. Pull that up. Oh, did we lose it again? Look at this. When he prayed for his friends, look what happened. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. When he started praying for his friends. It never happened until he prayed for his friends. Do you understand what I'm telling you? you got to have the right focus. you got to have the right focus. When he started focusing on his friends and off of his own mess, the Lord gave him twice as much as he had. I'm telling you, God turned his battle. God blessed him. His trial ended because you got to have the right focus. The widow woman, look at 1 Kings 17, 12. The widow woman, Elijah was told to go. The widow woman would provide for him. Right? <clears throat> she was gathering her last bit of flour and oil, and she was gathering sticks. Look at this. She was going to go gather sticks that she may go in and prepare. They had enough flour and oil for one more meal. And that they what? May eat it and die. She said, we're going to go in here and make this meal. And we're going to eat it and die. And along comes a man of God. So you got a woman with a seed. And you got a man of God with a need. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got a woman with a seed. And you got a man of God with a need. And she has to make a decision. She says, do we eat it and die? I got to make a decision. I got a son here. Do we eat it and die or do we look at others? Do we take care of others first, even though we got needs in our own life, son? And the moment she got the right focus and she put it in the hands of the prophet, always remember this. What you keep in your hand shrinks and what you put in God's hand multiplies. Don't ever forget that. What you keep in your hand shrinks. You hold on to it, it's going to wither away eventually. Your savings account, your bank, well, it ain't going to. What you put in God's hand multiplies. And the moment that she made the decision, she says, you know what? I'm just not going to, as precious as my son is, I'm not going to just focus on our problems. Come here, man of God. Come here, I'm going to help you. She decided that we are not going to be self-focused people that just care about us, but we're going to care about others. 
The moment she got the right focus, the Bible says that the meals didn't stop for three and a half years. Multiplied, multiplied it, multiplied it for three and a half years. Amen. She had to get the right focus. Last point right here, I'm done. You got to have the right timing. You got to have the right timing. Scripture tells us in Ecclesiastes 3.1, look at this. Look at this. This is important if this is all you get out of this. Scripture declares this in Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose. It's an amazing verse. This, amen. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Amen. amen. It's an amazing verse that tells you that there is a season and a time for everything in your life. Amen. It's an amazing verse. You can't just have a purpose. Can I tell you that? Purpose is connected to timing. Come on. I know you're saying, listen. I get we all are here for a purpose. We all have a purpose. We all were created for a purpose. I don't want you to misunderstand me. You all have a purpose. But let me tell you something. Purpose is connected to timing. It has to be. You will outrun God's timing. The Bible says he closes doors that no man can open. I don't care how hard you pull on it. If it is not your time and it is not God's time, your purpose is not going to be full. You are not going to meet it. You are not going to get there. I am telling you right now that when we quit, everything you have ever wanted is on the other side of not giving up. Do you understand that? When you quit because your purpose is established, do y'all understand that? Your purpose is established. It's the timing that's in question. So when you quit, you just give up right before your time. Your purpose is already established. Does that make sense? But the timing is what's in question. That's what we give up on. We give up on the timing. Your purpose and timing are connected. Right timing is important. Amen. God's promises always have a time frame on them. I'm telling you, we need to know what time it is on God's clock. We need to know what time it is on God's clock. We need to get our clock in sync with God's clock. And some of you are saying, well, it's time, Lord. It's time, Lord. Why hasn't this happened yet? Why hasn't it's time, Lord? I'm ready, Lord. I'm, why hasn't Because your clock is not in sync with God's clock. Amen. The right timing is so important. And God says, get in sync with my clock. We got to get a fresh revelation of what David said when he said this, my times are in your hands, God. Amen. The right timing is now. The right timing to serve the Lord is now. The right timing to give your heart to God is right now. There are so many things that God wants to do in your life right now. Now, right now, and I tell you what I feel in my heart this morning, that our praise can change the atmosphere of this room. That the favor of God can so come upon you this morning, whew, that your lives, it will, it will astound you. I'm telling you, it will astound you. That the blessing of the Lord will begin to overtake you and God will use you in ways that you couldn't even imagine. I'm telling you, and when we get all of these areas right in our life, the right, okay, the right timing, the right atmosphere, when you get all these areas right in your life, then suddenly when they come in alignment, then the blessings of God is overtaking you. And it's kind of like being in the ocean and you're paying attention to the shore and the wave comes up behind you and you don't even feel it and it just overtakes you. You know what I'm talking about? That's the blessings I'm fixing to put on you right now. That's what God's got for you. Just like you're standing in the ocean and that wave just overtakes you and takes you right out. That's it. Everybody stand to your feet all around this room for me. I'm done. I'm done preaching to you all this morning. Some of you have in your time clock when you're going to get right with God. Some of you have in your own time clock right now when you're going to get right with God. When you're going to surrender to God. 
when you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're going to go after God with your whole heart. But the Lord says, I want you to synchronize your clock with my timing. And my time is this morning. My time is right now. My time is today. And I, my time is to tell somebody up here that you really don't know how much time you have left. So you better get right with God today. You don't know how much time you got left. You need to get in sync with God's clock for your life. The clock is ticking on your destiny. Running around the wrong people, wrong location, wrong energy sources, wrong atmospheres, attracting wrong people, making wrong decisions. That's the floor plan that I just gave you on how to get your life right this morning. Amen. You don't have time to play games anymore. We ain't up here playing a bunch of games. It's more than just you at stake because there's only a certain amount of people that just you can influence. It's not just you that's at stake. There's a lot of people that only you can reach, that only you can influence. This is the day. This is the hour. And this is the moment. Man, I feel this in here this morning, y'all. Come on. Woo, give him a shout of praise in here. Well, we ain't playing games. Somebody needs to get right with the Lord right now. Somebody needs to get right with the Lord right now. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand all around this room. Somebody needs to get right with the Lord right here this morning. I'm telling y'all, we see you. The right atmosphere. Right place. Right time. Right people. Right information. I want everybody to say this. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Come on, y'all. Hallelujah. Jesus, come into my heart. Help me get the right atmosphere. Help me get the right location with the right people. Give me the right information, Lord, and change me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord God for every single person that raised their hand this morning. God, I thank you, Father. Lord, as you are speaking and touching hearts right now, God, God, we just commit this to you. Father, I pray a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Come on.